Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Coming through the door. I think we've met somewhere before. Hello, love. Hello. Hello, love. Howdy, doody, doody. Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone. Hello, love. We are so glad that you are here. We Hello, hope you stay a while. Make yourself feel right at home. I hope you plan on staying long. Come in, love. It is Slider and Monroe, your morning team here at 810 in the morning on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, a lot of stuff we're going to get into over the course of the day today. In a minute or two, Mark Curtis from Next Star Media is going to join us. A little political talk. Uh, there is a new poll that came out late last, well, not late last week, middle of last week, but, but we didn't have a chance to talk about it, uh, about uh, the governor's race and the Senate race in West Virginia. We'll take a look at that new poll. And uh, over the weekend, the Intel published some of the numbers having to do with the uh, deer kill at Ogilvy. <clears throat> and we're going to talk about that uh, probably the next half hour of the show here on the Watchdog Morning Show. So I had mentioned, and I know this only because I have little inside information, not through the Frio Stack team, but uh, that... Uh, uh, Harold Vitale, um had told some people, he says, money is hidden in pages of the books because he had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. Unfortunately, I am told by, uh, by the folks of the Frio Stack auction service folks, uh, Bob, contrary to rumor, there was no money in the pages of the ah. books. <laughs> so <laughs> no, no money there. So don't, uh, but still some good stuff. This is going to be a nice auction Two two fairly nice estates. Kind of a different sort of states, too. The auction, um, the countdown is underway. The actual wrap-up will be a week from today. But this is the auction for uh, our old friend, uh, the late Tom Burgoyne, former sheriff, uh, former FBI guy, and all of those things, and for uh, uh, Harold Vitale, former teacher at John Marshall. And, Howard, I have a personal connection with, with both of those gentlemen. Uh, of course, uh, a few years ago, uh, Sheriff Burgoyne nominated me for the uh, yep. for the Carnegie uh, Medal and insisted that they come down and give it to me, and, and they did, and him and I had a connection ever since that, and he was a, a good man, and, uh, you know, just he was a friend to all here in Ohio County, and I also had a connection with Harold Vitale. Uh, his dad played baseball with my grandfather. Oh, really? Way, way back then in the 40s and the 50s for the Elm Grove Civics. He was a catcher. My grandfather was a pitcher. So uh, the connection there, too. And I'm not kidding when I say there are dozens of typewriters. And they're old, new. Someone, I think Mr. Vitale is the one that co collected these uh uh, typewriters, Howard, and there's all kind, and you can tell that some really, really have value because the bidding has already started. But don't let that scare you off because we still have a week from today. And another thing that caught my eye there, uh, there's a Wheeling Crock there, Howard, that looks really, really nice, and it's an old Wheeling business. So if you're into Crocs or you're thinking about a Christmas present for someone that does collect, has a like, oh, man, yeah. they're going to yeah. love you because this is a really nice one. And there's some really cool baseball memorabilia there also, Howard. There's some uh, Hall of Fame uh, autographs, and there's also some old pennants that go back with the Pirates to the 60s and the 50s, along with the Cleveland uh, Indians. 
and there's some baseball bats. I don't know if these are game bats, but I would certainly like to find out and check them out. Uh, Henry Aaron, Harmon Killebrew, there's some really cool baseball stuff there also. So go to FrioStack.com and check this out. You still have a week to go, but get in there. There's some really, really nice collectibles. This is one of those – because it's two estates, uh, there's just really, really different stuff and, and really and good stuff. They are stuff. two different gentlemen, so that they're what totally they different. have yeah. is of different kinds of things. And if I'm reading this correctly, what I'm looking at here, Bob, uh, in connection with something we talked about uh, last week, John Kennedy, um, they have uh, items from the inauguration day of John F. Kennedy. Yeah, and, and, and this really, really, there's a cannonball. Say, well, well, hell, I, I could use another cannonball. Excuse well, me? A cannonball. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing that really jumped out at me, it really showed my youth, and it'll show Howard to know exactly what I'm talking about. Back when we were Pirate fans, back with the Gunner, they actually had Bat Day. Yeah. Where they would hand out – now, these weren't major league bats, but they were bats that you could use in your Little League game or at home playing Sandlot. They were, they were decent bats. And two of the items in here, one is a Willie Stargell and the other is a Dave Parker. Nice. Go try to find them somewhere. Nice. I yeah. don't know what value they have, but, man, that would be a welcome addition to any collection, Pittsburgh-powered or baseball-wise. So, if you again, this is the time of year, Howard, that you could find something like that. If, like if you knew one of your sons was a big-time baseball fan, think about his the look on their face, his or her face, when they open that up and say, wow, where did you find that? You could find it right here at this auction. We will uh, talk more about this uh, auction coming up over the next several days. The actual wind-down of it will be next week, but it's a big one and an interesting one. It's 814 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, coming up, Mark Curtis, the uh, chief political reporter for Star Media, is going to join us. We will talk about some national news, but I also wanted to get his take on the Joe Manchin story. We've gotten everybody else's take uh, n- statewide. We might as well get Mark's thoughts on this. That's coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Enjoy a wheeling wonderland Saturday, December 9th as the Nailers take the ice for action-packed hockey. Game time, 710. Explore the Holiday Village for unique and cool gift ideas from area boutiques and shops. There's a pom-pom hat giveaway. Stop by to see Santa and the Winter Princesses. And take part in the always fun teddy bear toss. Enjoy free hot chocolate while supplies last or purchase adult hot chocolate drinks. Get tickets now. Call 304-234-GOLD or go to wheelingnailers.com. My name is Mike Campsey. I am an interventional cardiologist and the chief of cardiology at Wheeling Hospital. I think the value of HVI in this region is tremendous. We offer such a wide spectrum of services from prevention to intervention. We're going to get the patient in as quickly as possible. That's the most tremendous benefit to the patients in this region is we, we're here 24-7. We're available to see somebody. Trio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. From estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Trio and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free outside consultation. 304-233-3168. Or visit FrioAndStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Trio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells swing 
jingle bells ring, snowing and blowing up bushels of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. Yes, indeedy, we are uh, celebrating the season already here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I'm feeling very Christmassy. I mentioned to you earlier um, this weekend. My wife and I uh, finished, we went to Small Business Saturday at the Center Market up at uh, Ogilvy. Uh, we finished uh, most of our shopping. I've got basically, other than for my wife, and I have no idea what to do for her, but other than my wife, all the shopping is done for all the family, and they're even wrapped. Uh, and this year, we're gonna, Nancy and I are going to be spending a week at the Greenbrier right before Christmas, so I'm, I, I feel like the Christmas season is Going to be a good one for me. Going to be a good one for me. It is a cold morning before I get to Mark. Let me tell you, 30, temperature's dropping, my friends. 32 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 31 at the Highlands, 32 in Elm Grove, and 31 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Going to pretty much stay where we are during the day. We've been dropping, actually, during the morning, but this is about where it's going to be throughout the day, so be aware of that. Let me welcome to our program. Uh, just what a great guy. I love talking to him. Uh, Chief Political Reporter for Nextstar Media, Mark Curtis. Good morning, Mr. Curtis. Welcome. Thanks for being here today. Good morning. It's 30, 30 degrees here, and I'm right near the Charleston Yeager International Airport. So they always give the temperature at the airport, even though, as George Carlin always points out, we lived at the airport. It's <laughs> Mark, before we get to serious, important political stuff, uh, I noticed this weekend, for example, down in Charleston, and you attended it. Uh, I saw our friend Stephen Adams was there. Uh, 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 our Wheeling native uh, Mayor uh, Amy Schuler Goodwin was there. The Holly Jolly Brawly. There's partying going on all the time down there in Charleston, isn't there? It's amazing. And, and people forget, you know, they know that she was a former TV news anchor, Amy Goodwin, now our mayor. But she was also the state tourism director right. um, for a time. And so she knows the tourism business is central to really uh, cementing this state's economy. And we've got more things going on here. Uh, I saw Ringo Starr a few weeks ago. I mean, our Coliseum and Convention Center is booked with concerts, sporting events, business meetings and conventions. And uh, and now we have all the fun things, Holly Jelly Browley. We've got the Christmas lights, 2 million Christmas lights at Gomart Ballpark. It's just it's called Light the Night. It's just from now until New Year's, it's just nonstop. It's great. Well, I'll tell you, I noticed one thing, that you and Stephen Adams uh, don't seem to miss too many of them. Well, oftentimes they have free food and drink. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Steve Adams and his lovely wife, Jessica, and I, we're not going to miss that. Exactly. Mark, I want to talk, I want to get your take on the Joe Manchin situation. We've talked to so many people about it, and I'm still not sure what exactly Manchin's game plan is. We talked to him here on the show just last week, but I'm just, um, I'm still trying to suss out what's going on. What do you, how do you assess the Joe Manchin story right now? Well, I think he's going to run for president uh, as a third-party candidate. But it depends. You know, it, it remains to be seen how long he'll stay in for the long haul because he had some very caustic remarks last week, not only about President, former President Donald Trump, but also some pretty caustic remarks about President Joe Biden. Uh, you know, part of the conventional wisdom here, and I don't know who's biased, is that Manson will pull moderate to centrist Democrats away from Biden 
thus throwing the election to Donald Trump. And I think that's something Joe Manchin does not want in his resume. Uh, he, he dislikes President Biden, but I think he li- dislikes President Trump even more. I mean, he said basically it would be the end of democracy as we know it if Donald Trump gets back in the White House. That's a pretty scathing accusation. Yeah, I mean, on our show and many places, he, he has said that, you know, Joe Biden has gone far too far to the left in his mind, but that Donald Trump is would bring chaos and anarchy, essentially. I don't know if he used the word anarchy, he used the word chaos. Would bring chaos to the country if he came back as president. So I don't think he would want to do anything that would, would lead to Trump's election. But, Mark, depending on who, what pundits you read, I mean, I just I think on, on Wednesday or last day here, I had two stories, two different headlines. One said, Manchin will definitely uh, get Trump elected. And the other says that Manchin will pull uh, more people for Biden. I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, this whole thing is so confusing to me. Well, let's add more to the confusion because we throw the name Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Indeed. into this. Indeed. And he pulls a lot of people from the far right. You know, he, he was a major anti-vaxxer, and he's got some positions that are not necessarily uh, in sync with the rest of the Kennedy family or the Democratic Party. And so he possibly pulls from candidates that don't think Trump is conservative enough away. So, you know, it's a mixed bag. It, it, it could be, you know, uh, the X factor in this. And maybe Manchin, and my boss suggests, he goes, maybe Manchin should ask Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to be his running mate. <laughs> running that as a bipartisan ticket. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. Uh, but that's just. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's <laughs> just, my, just my opinion. Uh, you know, it, it, these things are so confusing, though, uh, Mark, that. I mean, there are even some people who think Biden and or Trump may not end up being their nominees by election time. I have said that. I've written that in my column a number of times over the last eight months. In fact, there are a couple of times where I said neither bump nor try uh, uh, tr- uh, neither Trump nor Biden will appear on the ballot in November of 2024. Uh, you know, you have the possibility of health issues given both of their ages, and right now they appear to be in okay health. Um, but the campaigns are grueling especially one that's a nationwide campaign, and they can be very debilitating. Uh, we've seen over and over in history how quickly a president's hair turns gray after they get sworn in on January 20th. <laughs> this is, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised that both parties have not built a better bench, uh, go-to people in their 40s and 50s and 60s that might be able to step in when we're running candidates that are in their 80s and nearing their 80s. Well, there's no question that it's, it's, it's a real problem. Um Actually, just to shift gears a second, it's a problem for Democrats in West Virginia as well. There is no bench in West Virginia. We're going to talk next hour about uh, Tom Sussman's latest poll on uh, the governor's race, the GOP race for governor and uh, for the Senate. Uh, we don't even talk about Democrats anymore because there's, there's just no bench there. I mean, used to, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard when you only have 11 members of the House of Delegates and only three members of the state senator. It's hard to build. It's hard to find candidates then to run for attorney general or state treasurer. But Chairman Mike Pushkin says they're going to find somebody to run in every race. So I take him at his word. You know, Mark, I think I'm I am uh, alone in this belief. I am of the belief that Joe Manchin really is doing this for philosophical reasons and wants to pull the country together in a way that he thinks he can do more than he's looking for an electoral office. I think I'm the only one who believes that everybody I've talked to thinks he is angling one way or another to be in elected office once again. I, I'm, I, I am tempted to take him at his word that he wants to, just wants to make change. 
Well, you know, and I, I tend to agree with you because, uh, you know, I remember the town hall he did with Republican Governor John Huntsman of Utah, former governor, and they make a very good, interesting centrist ticket because Huntsman's very much trying to do the same thing. They're, they're trying to find out if there's enough centrist, moderate, middle people in both parties to kind of coalesce around and that that, that would be enough to, you know, because a lot of people in the middle in this country, they're in the middle for a reason. They're sick of the politics as usual in both the Democratic and Republican Party, and they want a third option. And all of a sudden, the critical mass of voters in this country is the middle. You can't win the White House without winning the middle and in that group of independents. And, and, and so they're critical. And so I think Manchin and, and Huntsman are basically sticking their toe in the water to see if there's enough there to amass uh, a critical mass of people nationwide in that regard. Mark, i got to let you go in a minute here, but I want to run down a couple of national stories that uh, I think you may have some thoughts on. Uh, one is... Uh, and I've asked this question to many guests on this show. Will any judge ever have the dare to put Trump in prison for violating a gag order or other procedural matters in their court in their courts? Oh, I think so. I think that judge in New York, the one that got really mad when Trump blatantly violated his gag order and then backed off. But I, I could see a scenario where you might have a judge throw him in contempt for, you know, five days or something. They're not going to sentence him to prison. But, uh, yeah, I could, see, I could see that. And do you put any credence at all into the various 14th Amendment uh, lawsuits that have been brought? West Virginia is among them. I think Colorado, there's still one alive over there. There are several states where this idea that Trump would be disqualified on the basis of the Constitution, the 14th Amendment. Do you put any credence into those? No, I don't. I think there's going to be more of them. I think there'll be more appeals. But you have to remember, there's three states that have heard this case so far. Colorado, Minnesota, both reliably blue states, and um, Michigan, a state that leans blue. And in all three instances, the judge threw, threw out the, uh, the lawsuit saying there's no basis uh, based on the 14th Amendment Clause 3. Uh, this does not apply to a former president. One last thing, and I'm throwing a curve here. I don't know if you've seen I was reading a piece last night in Axios about um, how many members of the Congress and the Senate are just giving up the ship now. Lawmakers ditching Congress at a record pace is the headline here. Uh, Manchin is among those mentioned. But uh, in both the House and the Senate, a lot of members just are just throwing up their hands and going, I can't take it anymore. Um, is it just, I mean, what... Is it a sign of the times that the things have gotten so bad that even the people in office can't stand being in office anymore? Well, I saw this happen before in the early 90s. The same thing happened. And, of course, uh, a lot of members threw up their arms and say, I'm sick of sitting in Congress making $180,000 a year when I can go to work as a lobbyist for a defense contractor and make two and three times that money. So that may be, that may be the resolution to their frustration. <laughs> I suppose so. Mark, always appreciate your time, my friend. Appreciate it for coming on this morning. Thank you very much. We'll do it again sometime soon. All right. Merry Christmas to you and your family, Howard. All God right, bless. Same to you, Mark. Appreciate it. Mark Thanks. Curtis, uh, who is the uh, chief political correspondent for Nextar Media, which is the uh, the parent company of WTRF-TV. Uh, you will see him at the 530 show. What do they call that 530 show? It's not in Inside Politics. It's the weekend show. Anyways, the statewide show, that which we carry live here on the radio, or on the, yeah, on the radio, uh, from 5 to 6 o'clock, 5 to 5.30, we have WTF TV 7 News, and 5.30 to 6, we have the statewide show coming from Next Star Media, so uh, check that out. And then Mark has the uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday morning 
uh, interview program that he frequently does as well. You know what's really cool? Uh, those guys, Hoppy and, and Chris, I mean, they're about as high profile as, as they come. Mark, and uh, they're just really down to earth uh, people. Uh, just just good people, really good at their job. And and I'm really we're lucky to have a good connection with all of them. And you're right, they're they're just they're just plain good people. Um, <laughs> Mark surely does love to party, and I mean in a good way. I mean, I, th- this holly jolly brawly is a, a thing they had this past weekend in Charleston. Uh, I think brawly is a neighborhood. That's what it is, and it's just and it was the first time that Charleston had uh, what do they call it a poda p o d a. Anyway, it's just where you can take beer out and wander around in the neighborhood. Um, so that's uh, uh, but uh, Mark and Stephen Adams. Whenever there's a party down there. I see they both post a lot of pictures. But you know what, Bob? This has been a good year up here as well. There's a lot happening here. The winter on the plaza this past weekend, they had the ice rink up at the Market Plaza for uh, Small Business Saturday. As I mentioned, I saw Small Business Saturday was really bustling down in center wheeling. Um, up, Nancy and I were up at the hilltop uh, at Ogilvy. Those were more out-of-towners. There were a bunch of kids in their, in their holiday pajamas wandering around up there, which is kind of fun. Um, just this this year and maybe recent years, but this year in particular, it seems like the city of Wheeling, and I hate to just focus on Wheeling because others do it too, but the city of Wheeling has really put on a lot of activities. Yeah, they're trying to cover up all those holes in the street. House. <laughs> if you can get to the events. <laughs> Anybody have any word on the, uh, the closing of Market Street yet? Uh, that's got me concerned this morning, and I can't quite figure it out. We talked about this about an hour ago. Uh, several news reports. Uh, Channel 7 has this, and uh, the Morning Intel had it over the weekend. Uh, there's going to be Market Street is going to be closed at 13th Street. And again, I don't get that because Market Street is already closed at 12th Street, so I don't know why they're saying 13th Street. But my question is, is Market Street going to be closed completely? It's a three-month closure. So it's starting today, and weather permitting, as they always say, uh, it's starting today, and for three months through the end of February, this closure, whatever it is, is going to—is Market Street going to be shut down? I mean, I I don't understand it. If anybody can help me, please help me. Please help me. An hour ago, Howard, I, I checked real quick, and it looked like they're getting ready to make their move, uh, like right by the corner there by Vagabond. Uh, the trucks with the signs, the detour, the road closed signs, getting ready to make their move. What I thought I would do at this next break, I thought I would step outside, maybe warm up a little bit, Howard. Yeah, warm and, up by going outside. Yes, by, yeah. by stepping outside and warming up and uh, see if anything has uh, has changed. Uh, it, I mean, look, it's a mess already. And again, yes, Mr. Mayor, I know it's all for the good. I know that when the streetscape is done, life will be good. I do. I mean that. I understand it. Um, and so I try to be very patient, but Lord Almighty, uh, I mean, it, it, Market Street has been, and the, you mentioned Vagabond Kitchen, and we've talked about the two that really hit me, Vagabond Kitchen and that brand new Belgian waffle place, which is just a door or two down from Vagabond Kitchen. Have they ever been open? Well, they not with the street opened. They opened up, I'm picking it, they opened up like on Tuesday, and on Wednesday they closed the street in front of them. I mean, I know, and they're and they're digging down. I mean, the holes are deep because they're putting these huge pipes in there, and that's what this project of Market Street's going to be. But I'm still trying to figure out: is all of Market Street going to be closed? When I leave here, am I not going to be able to go up to Market Street and get on the, into the Wheeling Tunnels? 
Or will I have to go? I can go down to 16th Street. That's 16th Street's open, right? I think so. I hope so. It was closed for a while. I think I can go down 16th Street, get on the interstate that way. Yeah, I'm not complaining. I just wish you've said the word multiple times. Communication. And I'm going to bring up something that I've brought up before, and I got irritated about it this weekend again, and I'm picking on the city a little bit here. Why do we not have signage up that says we have a major new project underway, and when everything is done, this is going to be great? You're coming from out of town. I thought about, in particular, the, the weekend we had the parade and Seinfeld. Seinfeld brought lots of people from out of town. And they come off the interstate through the tunnel or off the Fort Henry Bridge, and bam, there's this disaster zone. Now, I understand why it's there because I know what's happening. Why can't we put up a big picture that says, look how beautiful it's going to be. This is why we're doing all this work. I would think some of the conversation has to go with, man, I can't believe it looks even worse than it did last year when we come to the Capitol. <laughs> but it does. It does. What are they doing? It, it's worse. And I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be the guy that always complains because I get it. I do get it. But holy moly, sweet Magoli. Not to mention, I'm afraid of falling into the pit that's outside our building. Again, that's not a pothole. No, no, no. Potholes are okay. Potholes, you can lose an axle. The, the, the hole that's outside our building, you can lose your car. Anyway, that's, that's my frustration here in the morning. 8.34.26 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Ohio Valley headlines. Taylor's got those for us. Good morning, I'm Rebecca Little with your headlines for this Monday, November 27th. A couple of traffic updates for you. A portion of Market Street and Wheeling at the intersection with 13th Street will be closed beginning today. The project will continue through February 29th of next year to replace a storm pipe. Flaggers will be present during that time. Commuters in the area should slow down, expect delays, and follow detour signs. You can take Lane 7 to Market Street, then Chaplin Street to the Wheeling Tunnel, and finally the Market Street on-ramp to I-70 westbound or Route 2 northbound as an alternative route. There will be lane closures on US 30 in both eastbound and westbound lanes near Jennings Randolph Bridge. That work will continue today and last through Friday, December 8th. Crews will be working from 8 a.m. through 5 p.m. each day, and during that time, crews will be inspecting the Jennings-Randolph Bridge. Commuters in the area should slow down and expect delays. Meanwhile, VFW Post 4442 in Elm Grove launched the Purple Heart parking project last year to honor Purple Heart medal recipients with reserved parking spaces. The project has placed 50 signs in Wheeling and all of West Virginia DMVs, and now Weirton is dedicating parking spaces at the Weirton Municipal Building and the Millsop Community Center. The dedication ceremony is scheduled for tomorrow at 11 a.m. at the Weirton Municipal Building with a backup location at the Millsop Community Center in case of bad weather. And the anticipation has been building as the white tailed deer gun season in the Buckeye State is here. This is the time when hunters of all ages have the opportunity to harvest white tailed deer. This year there is a bonus gun hunting weekend in mid-December. Archery hunting runs through February 4th. There are 26 certified deer processing shops across Ohio. One harvested deer is about 50 pounds of venison or about 200 meals. That was a look at your headlines for this the month. free throw line for success as they knock off Bellarmine. Hi everybody, I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer report brought to us by Kroger. The holidays start here at Kroger with a variety of options to celebrate traditions old and new. 
You could do a classic herb roasted turkey or spice it up and make turkey tacos. Serve up a go-to shrimp cocktail or use Simple Truth wild-caught shrimp for your first Cajun risotto. No matter how you shop, Kroger has all the freshest ingredients to embrace all your holiday traditions. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With Kroger brand products, you can make all your favorite things this holiday season. Because Kroger brand's proven quality products come at exceptionally low prices. And with a money-back quality guarantee, every dish is sure to be a favorite. These are a few of my favorite things. Whether you shop delivery, pickup, or in-store, Kroger brand has all your favorite things. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Mountaineers even up their record on the season at 3-3 three and three with a hard-fought 62-58 victory over the visiting Knights of Bellarmine. Official crowd at the Coliseum, 9,181 watched a game that was close for the most part. West Virginia led by six points at halftime, 36-30. West Virginia extended its lead in the second half out to nine points, but Bellarmine came back and for a short point took the lead in the second half, but West Virginia prevailed. Neither team shooting the ball well. West Virginia finishes the game at 41% from the floor, and the Mountaineers holding Bellarmine to just 34% accuracy. The story to this game, really two big things and a big guy. Jesse Edwards, who finishes up with 17 points and 14 rebounds, his third double-double of the season. Edwards was key at the other big area of this game, and that's the free throw line where West Virginia made 17 of 21 free throw attempts, 81%. WVU outscores Bellarmine by 12 at the free throw line. The Knights made just five of their eight attempts. Individually, balanced scoring for West Virginia in addition to the 17 points and 14 rebounds for Jesse Edwards, three others in double figures. Quinn Slazinski finished up with 16 points and five rebounds. Kobe Johnson scores 13 points and Ofri Neve, the freshman, ended up with 10 points, including a couple of very big three-point baskets. 62-58, the final score. West Virginia wins over Bellarmine. Next up, the Red Storm of St. John's Friday night in the Coliseum. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Your driving experience to the next level? Look no further than Toyota, the pioneers of automotive technology. With Toyota cars, trucks, and SUVs, you'll discover a world of cutting-edge innovation at your fingertips, like advanced driver assist features, seamless connectivity, and unparalleled safety systems. Go to buyatoyota.com for special offers, then visit your local Toyota dealership. Offers end August 1st. Toyota, let's go places. On FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. You better watch out. You better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Hello, Santa. He is making a list. Checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming or Santa Duck. Isn't that what we got on one of those commercials, Santa Duck? We do, and uh, I wish I'd have thought of it when we had Santa Claus. 
couple weeks ago, I would ask him, you know, these Christmas tunes that we're going to start playing, does he have a favorite? You know, Santa Claus coming to town. So I think Here Sa- comes Santa Claus. You know what? Santa Claus does listen to us, I believe. So, Santa, if you have any favorite, I'd like to hear what Santa's favorite Christmas songs are. Uh, you know how to text me. Text me. Uh, you can use the Frio Stack auction service text line, 304-214-1600. Or you can uh, use the uh, uh, my personal text because Santa, you know, he has my personal line. I don't have his. <laughs> I can't reach out he to said, him. He said, that's all right, Howard. I'll call you. I'll call you. Yeah, I'll call you. Don't you? You know, where have I heard that before? I can't call you. You got to call me. Uh, that, that's a great question. That would have been good. What are Santa's favorite songs? Yeah, I mean, we'll do a day of uh, this is San, Santa's request. Let's do that. Let's, I, I, I got to get in touch with Santa Mike and say, all right, what, what are your favorite Christmas songs? And we'll play them. And by the way, same's for all of you. We are now, we got, what, three, four weeks of, before Christmas. So we got plenty of time to play all kinds of Christmas songs. Uh, if you have a favorite. Uh, something you haven't heard, you know. There are some that, you know, I'm not not going to say no. I was thinking that, but, but I'd have but a hard time playing that, Dominic the. Dude. That's just, the one uh, I was thinking of. That's the Dominic the Dunk. And you watch everybody will want that one. That's the one I was thinking of. I, I'm not going to say no because I want to be opening and welcoming. You know, if you have a favorite Christmas song, if Dominic the Donkey is your song, or the night before Christmas in Neffs. Uh, you know, I'm not excited about those, but text me 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. If you have a favorite Christmas song that you'd like to hear us play. And I have a Christmas wish that I hope the listeners can help me with. Howard. What's that? I would like someone to let me know how I could contact our old Christmas buddy, Ace. Ace Anthony. Ace Anthony. I would love to invite Ace to our Christmas party and just know that he's okay. You know, it's are, been, it's are, been a few are, years. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. So really, if anybody's you, out you, there, you remember the last time, right? Yeah, you know, you got you to frisk him a little bit before he, 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 he leaves, but that's okay. If really, if anyone knows how I can get a hold of Ace, if, if Ace is still around this way, please let me know, text or call, uh, because we'd really like to have him at our Christmas bash. I seriously, I have no idea. Uh, I've, I've lost complete track of him. Used to kind of have, you know, a little bit of information about him but i've lost complete track of him and when i say frisk him that wasn't that bad no, ace like to it's, take you know we had a nice open bar and uh, you know we had a he hear a clang done. when he left he wasn't done with no. it so. <laughs> so you'd hear the clang of the guitar case you'd have to look in there oh there's the scotch how did he get in there <laughs> uh, christmas party is the 22nd i'm out of town i can't believe that yeah it's a bummer howard really i thought when we scheduled bah humbug, howard. i looked at my calendar i thought I, I, but no i'm gonna be at the greenbrier um, or on the way back from the Greenbrier, I think, actually. Maybe a, it's going to be an all-day event, right? Maybe maybe we'll still be here, Howard. You want could, us to stick around for a while? No, because I know what it's <laughs> like. If, if I come late, I know God oh, help me. Oh, oh, oh. I know what it's like. Let's see. Off the Frio Stack auction service text line. Uh, <laughs> Howard, Santa Claus can't get through wheeling with all of the work. Well, listen, um, Santa has magic. He can use the pixie dust and get, get he'll get through. Santa Claus will get through. Don't anybody worry. Santa will get through. Uh, request the night Santa went crazy. Oh, that's an old standard. Oh, yeah, I've heard that one many a time. The night Santa went crazy. All right, let's see. What else is here? Frio Stack, auction service text line. Um, Merry, 
Well, I think this is just someone offering Merry Christmas greetings. I don't. It says Merry Christmas to the family. I don't think that's a song. I think that's somebody offering. And you know what, Howard? I thought maybe one day this week we'd really kick it off. We'll do maybe nine of B. Taylor because nobody oh, does no. Christmas in Wheeling like B. Taylor. Is he having a concert? No, of course he's not. But they they were they were continuing the B. E. Taylor Christmas show for a while. I don't know if we're still going to do it again this year. Haven't heard, but we'll have our own right here. We'll we'll do that. Yeah, B. E. What a you know. One of my wife's favorite song is uh, B.E. Taylor's Mary Did You Know. Uh, just loves that. We'll so, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Listen, we got a lot of time to do some fun we stuff with it's Christmas. It's still November, isn't it? You know, we're just we're just kicking things off today with some of the you know, early Christmas songs. You need a little Christmas right this very minute. But uh, we have plenty of time to do all kinds of Christmas songs, maybe Christmas tributes. Maybe this, you know, we can do some special stuff. And, again... All you have to do is text us, 304-214-1600. I do want to get to the deer story. Um, that's coming up uh, in a minute. Uh, numbers are out from Ogilvy on the deer hunt back in early November. Uh, it took a while for him to release those numbers. Uh, Bob, I sh- I'll share them with you. You may have seen them. To me, they're very uninspiring, but you would have a better understanding of whether it's a big deal or not. So I want to get your take on it. We'll do that coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 845. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. Save big money in your next project. Right now at Menards. Upgrade any space and maximize storage with great closet systems from Dakota Closets. Make your storage your own with our selection of custom sizes and styles to match your specific needs. Dakota Closets are easy to set up and are great for hanging clothes and storing accessories in any room of your house. Customize your closet today and save big money on Dakota Closet Systems at Menards. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. It's the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. On air, online, on demand, and on video. Brought to you by WVU Medicine.
the spirit, not the spirits. We're not in the spirits, but well, we're maybe in the, it's colder in here. Yeah, could be. Uh, I feel like it's, like it's warming up in here. Do you feel it? I do. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's not warming up outside. 32 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 31 at the Highlands. 32 in Elm Grove, and 31 here at the Robinson Otter Group Studios downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Cloudy, and the temperature where we are is about where we're going to be all day. Get down into the 20s overnight tonight, and then tomorrow. Uh, back up to pretty much where we are again. So it's just going to be a cool week this week. Uh, cloudy tomorrow, sunny on Wednesday and Thursday, and some rain coming in on Friday. That from Adam Fike over at the uh, Big 7, WTRF-TV. Um, okay, so I was wrong. I said I thought this person was simply wishing me a happy birthday or a Merry Christmas. Uh, no, he says, uh, the Merry Christmas to the family is the name of the song that he wants to hear. Merry Christmas to the family. I think it's by Robert Earl Keane. Who? Robert Earl Keane. Okay, I'll see what I can do. I've never heard of that before, but uh, there we go. Oh, my Lord, he cares enough. This <laughs> this is the third time I think he's sent me a, a text on this. So, Okay, well, well, we'll do our best to get it for you. Uh, also, here's another uh, Christmas request off the Frio Stack auction service text line. Please, p- please play Paul Anka, So This Is Christmas. Okay, we'll do that tomorrow. And <laughs> from the hotline. From DK Wright. Oh, we got to get this one on first thing. It's snowing on the island. <laughs> okay. So, no, that's not the name of the song. No, no, no. I was going to say, I'm a little bit of that, Howard. I'm not sure how that goes. <laughs> that is a report from DK Wright. It is snowing on the island. So there you go. I, I saw a flake, but oh, let's see. She sent me a picture. Let me do a quick check of this picture. Wow, our first uh, snowflakes. Oh, oh, that's, yeah, that's snow. <laughs> that's snow. Thanks, DK. I appreciate it. She always keeps us up to date on what's uh, on what's going on. Ten before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. So early November, uh, we learned that uh, Ogilvy has five times, supposedly, five times the amount of deer per square acre that they're supposed to have for good wildlife management. And then Ogilvy decided to have a controlled deer kill uh, bow hunting deer kill to try to thin the herd, if you will. Uh, it was November 6th through the 8th. They, you had to apply. There was a lottery. They picked 20 people. Um, there were some requirements and restrictions and so on about how it had to be handled. Um, but it was held November 6th through the 8th. And I've been waiting to get some numbers, and we finally have some numbers. There were 20 people permitted to take part, Bob. 16 did. I don't know what happened to the other four. Four just, just I don't know, they just didn't. The pressure got to them Just hard. didn't show up or, or, or something. And the 16 hunters collected 16 deer. Okay. Now, you tell me, is that, does that make a difference in the herd? Is that, to me, I, I don't know what the total herd is at Ogilvy, but if it's five times the norm, I can't imagine 16 makes a difference. But I don't know. You tell me. Well, I, I mean, I don't know off the top of my head either, but it seemed to me that the number they were looking for was 60 deer. Does that sound right? Well, eight, they, they, they were doing 20 hunters. Would have been each allowed to take three deer. Okay. So they were looking to, to lose 60 deer. Right. Uh, I am not a bow hunter. I have never been. Uh, 50 years ago when I got into it, the old timers just had no use for bow hunters. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the reason I never got into it. I love that style of hunting, uh, but I, I never got into it. So I'm not a bow hunter. To me, they, they messed up from the beginning. In our state, 
counties, they manage the herd all the time. Uh, there's some counties in this state, you can't shoot a buck until you shoot a doe. Why is that? Well, they got too many does, and, right. and, and they're, they want everybody to work together. I think Ogilvy Park just made just terrible, terrible mistakes from the beginning. First of all, I wouldn't have told anybody. Really, it's nobody's business. Uh, I would have closed that section of the park, and I'd have had shooters in there, and I'd have done it professionally. And there would have been a pile of deer there that we wouldn't have been too proud of everybody to see, but our problem would have been solved. Those deer would have been gone, and we'd have moved on by now. Now I don't know what they do now, because think of all the bad, bad publicity, and it didn't even work. That's the thing. Listen, I, I supported the idea that if, the, if, the, if it's overpopulated, you've got to deal with it. And I'm as, as much of a pacifist and a nice guy I am, I'm not a PETA person. I understand that sometimes you got to kill Bambi. I, I get that. So I was on, not on the side of those who thought, oh, this is terrible. We should not do this. But I think the key part you point out here is, in my mind, as a 1,000% layman, I don't think this did any good. 16, uh, 16 deer were killed. 10 were does. 10 were does of the 16. Um, I, I just don't know how that really did much for the herd. And I don't want to beat up on the park too much, Howard, because maybe they just figured this was the best. It'd be quiet. Uh, they would hit their numbers uh, by with the bow hunters. Maybe they just, you know, made, made a couple mistakes when it come to the numbers. But again, if you'd have done your homework, there's outfits that'll do this for you. Now, it's like anything else; it'll cost. But what did they cost them? Again, when people were were demanding that they don't have that, I mean, it could have been done a lot different. It, it was they're, they're, the key thing that cost them was bad publicity, just a bad image. It was a killer, you know, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Bambi's last stand. Um, now, apparently, they did listen to uh, some of the folks who said there are there's problems with the way you're handling the deer herd to begin with. So, assume, let's assume for a second, which I don't think. 16 deer does. Let's assume for a second that thins it out enough to make the herd manageable. I don't know. They are now going to take further steps to manage their deer population. Uh, one, they're going to add a border collie to the team at Ogilvy. That might work. Yeah. Deer ain't too crazy about dogs, Howard. No, that's, that's, the, that's their point. So uh, border collies are particularly well suited to work in wildlife management and provide a safe diversion to the deer within public areas. So that's one thing they are doing. They are going to start a park-wide educational program. And this is where they've fallen down. They've got to crack down on people feeding the deer. The problem is, yes, as those who criticize this, yeah, now it's almost an unfair kill because they're so tame. They don't expect someone to come and shoot them. But, and, and that has been allowed to happen. Not encouraged, but it's been allowed to happen. So um, officials say that they're going to start a park-wide educational program signage, flyers, brochures, which they should have been doing all along. should be big signs there, don't feed the deer. And although they say Ogilvy has no law enforcement officers, they do have rangers who could drive by and say, hey, guys, you notice the sign, no feeding the deer. I mean, you can do it without putting cuffs on somebody, you know. And, and my picture was, is different. I, maybe you wouldn't uh, use the field there with the observatory in it, Howard. Mm -hmm. Maybe, uh, But you could do it at Camp Russell. You know, you could have uh, fed those deer for uh, for a month, baited them, 
you know, get them comfortable coming in there every evening. Again, does that sound cruel? Okay, but how do you think you get your beef at Respex? <laughs> uh, you know, got them to come in there and, and, and be comfortable and then just have the shooters because you would think down there in Camp Russell, you're away from everybody, secluded. Right. Yeah, and, right? And because you want, if you just want to get the number, then then do it the right way. I just, um, again, I am not opposed to killing the deer. I know that that's what has to be done uh, in certain circumstances, and I'm not opposed to what they did. I just don't. Th- two things bother me. I think they didn't do it effectively from a public point of view. I. I, I Listen, I'm in the business of transparency, right? We in the media want you to be transparent. Honest to God, I think they should have just gone ahead and done it, not told anybody about it. Until after the fact. I mean, don't hide it when it's done. Say, by the way, we had a deer problem, which we've taken care of. Had to do it. And it was our decision, and that's what we did. Absolutely. So I think that's – and then I do – now we got Lassie. Yeah. <laughs> now, well, and that get, that, uh, now they're looking at some things that I think they should have done. The border calling makes some sense. The deer just got too comfortable there in the park. They never left. People were feeding them. They became there was generations of those deer that just said, "Hey, look, we're not afraid of you anymore. What do you got for us back there?" Right. And that that became the problem. Well, and I'm not sure that the deer population is going to miss their 16 fellow deer. You know, I don't know that they're. <laughs> I don't know that's going to send them off into a fit of panic because. Uh, they might say, hey, where did George go? But, they you might, know, I don't know if they're going to notice that. They might say, these guys were they were a pain in the ass. <laughs> so, how did, how, they were so dumb they let those bow hunters get them. <laughs> That's right. So, But I, I am pleased to see they're doing what we on this show and many other places, I want to be clear about that, had suggested, which is beef up the uh, education system, beef up the signage, beef up. Again, it's going to require... I, I get the comment here that they don't have law enforcement officers, but they have people who drive around in trucks. And those folks are going to have to be politely aggressive in pulling over and saying, hey, guys, we really can't have you feeding the deer. We're just going to have to do that. Or like you said, Howard, it's all about communication. A nice sign right there says, did you know yeah. that uh, this is prohibited and there's a fine? Here's what they could do. Take a picture of some of the dead deer from the, the last deer. <laughs> this is what happens. If you don't want us to have to do this again, don't feed the deer. This is on you. Everybody that fed those deer. Yeah, that's exactly right. So um, I just don't think it was effective. I, but, I'm again, what do I know? We pretty much called it. Didn't we say yeah. how? These guys better be Robin Hood if they're going to put a den in it, but they didn't. Yeah, I like to know where the four that had the permits. Their wives said, you guys ain't going up here and killing those deer. I heard the troubles going on without that. So, uh, look, hopefully in the – I don't know that the deer kill itself is going to do a whole lot, maybe a little bit. um, But I think that maybe it got a good conversation going, and maybe the park commission is getting a better sense now. They've got to do something about managing that population. So, hopefully in the end it will work out. Because you know what? I love Ogilvy Park. Yeah, I don't want to be criticizing them. No, we don't. Things. I, want, I love the park. I love the park. All right, almost 9 o'clock. I got a couple of texts coming in about the deer. We'll get to that coming up in the next hour of the show. Also, a uh, new poll out uh, came out last week. We didn't have a chance to talk about it uh, on the Senate race and the uh, governor's race in West Virginia. That's coming up next hour. <laughs> 